Coming up on today's episode of the Matt Donnie Podcast, we open up the show with Q&As. It's Monday. Going to go over the questions you guys had this past week. We had a ton of questions, so I really appreciate that. Um, more and more questions every single week. I love it. Uh, keep asking away. DM me on social media. Comment on my pictures. Whatever. Just get the questions to me. Uh, then, after the questions, we move on to a little bit of, not a little bit, a lot of Patriots talk. Um, big things happen this week, so we dive into all those before we move on to a little bit of Celtics talk. And then, I make all 62 picks of my NCAA tournament bracket um, for the show. Not my official one that I'm putting in the for money. Uh, I just did this one. First time I ever looked at the bracket, I just went for it. So, all that is coming up on today's episode. And don't forget that this episode is brought to you by our friends over J11. Head over to J11. Use code TMD20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase. This podcast is also brought to you by TheGreatValueMedia.com. Make sure you guys head over to the website, www.TheGreatValueMedia.com. And don't forget to follow us on all socials, TheGreatValueMedia underscore on Instagram and on Twitter. All right, let's do it. Welcome back to another episode of Matt Downey Podcast. We are back. Uh, busy, busy week. I know I didn't get an episode on you guys, to you guys out on Friday. Had a lot going on this past week. Uh, some big news coming in the near future for the podcast and um, Grapevine Media as a whole. So, we, like I said, we had a big week. Um, so look forward for that this coming week or next week. I'm not sure yet when we're allowed to talk about it, slash announce it, slash whatever's going on. So, um, but just be, be on the lookout for that. Um, but like I said, a big, a big, big week, uh, especially in New England sports. Um, a lot to talk about. Uh, we're going to get into it later, you know, but like we do on every Monday episode, we're opening up with Q and A. Uh, so I asked a quite I asked on my Instagram story and that was really it and we had a ton of responses we had over 40 responses uh so I really do appreciate you guys asking questions um be sure to again uh just hit me up throughout the week whether it's dms you can comment on pictures uh you can comment on stories whatever it is just if you guys have questions throughout the week again just leave them we and I asked a question on yesterday or on Sunday and like I said it got over 40 questions here so I'm going to spend a little bit more time on this one just because there were so many uh, questions, uh, mostly regarding the Patriots. A lot of a lot of duplicate questions, uh, a lot of duplicate questions involving Cam Newton, Patriots future. But there was a pretty good majority uh, of different questions. I'm going to choose like four or five uh, questions and we'll, we'll go from there. So um, first one, sorry, I just burped. Uh, first question was, and this is the latest one was, would you, it's from my boys over at the no limits podcast, great fine media, uh, podcast, go check it out. It's, it's just absolutely hilarious. Hunter and Dave are hilarious on that. So go check it out if you want a good time. Um, their question was, would you rather have Paul Pierce or Kevin Garnett on this Celtics team? I mean, I'm always going to choose Kevin Garnett just because Kevin Garnett is, uh, he was like my he's like one of my favorite Celtics. Uh I think I've told the story. I told it 
on like two episodes ago. Um, Kevin Garnett was my favorite player when he played. Um, so he's and and I love Paul Pierce. This is not me knocking Paul Pierce, but I would always uh, go KG. KG is like I said, he's one of my favorite players of all time. So I'm always taking KG, and I actually think KG would probably help this team out a lot because they do need a better big man. So I think KG is actually the better fit uh, than Paul Pierce for this team. So I think I'm going KG with that question. Uh, but that was an interesting question because. You know, with all the changes that we've been talking about for this Celtics teams and what should be done and what shouldn't be done, uh, that was, it, I don't know. I think I would have, it's a, I think KG, if you, from anyone from that 2008 team, I think KG or Ray Allen is probably the better fit for this team because Tatum, it's not that Tatum and Brown can't score. Uh, they're both pretty clutch players. Um, and I just think KG or Ray Allen would be a better fit uh, versus Pierce. Not knocking Pierce. I just think for the Celtics team, um, Pierce's strengths are already kind of covered with Brown and Tatum, whereas Garnett brought something different uh, to the table that we just don't see on the Celtics team. So I think I'm going KG. And obviously Ray Allen would have too because the Seas don't have a knockdown shooter right now. So <clears throat> moving on. Next question from my boy Dalton. Uh, my NMH boy, had... will Cam Newton be QB1 for the Pats this year? If no, which direction will they go? Will they draft or will they pick up another QB in free agency? This is interesting because when I put that blog post out about three days ago now, um, I wrote that piece saying that, or just assuming that Cam would be the QB1. Um, and then, you know, it's been a few days here, and I think a report actually came out today saying that Cam was going to be fighting for the starting job uh his or the, that the starting job wasn't going to be given to him so that it is a interesting point um if i had to guess right now uh going into free agency because like i said this is something that the patriots wanted to do and obviously i'm going to talk more about this uh coming up here but just to answer this question i think cam will be qb1 for the pats this year uh at least at the start um Obviously, a lot of things can happen over the next few months here. Uh, they could draft. They can move up in the draft and get a better QB. A lot of things can happen. Will can be the starter at the end of the year, depending on what they do in the coming months. I don't know, but I think to start the season, Cam's probably QB one. Uh, if I had to answer that specific question, and I'm gonna, obviously I'm going to touch upon Cam Newton and just the whole. Patriots week because it was kind of crazy uh, what happened this past week. Past week, a lot of moves. A lot of things to discuss. Um, so shifting back to the Celtics here, third question: Can Jalen can Jalen and Jason carry a franchise? That is such a loaded question because I think I mean they're both they're both all stars. They're both clearly some of the best players in the league right now. I think this year doesn't really fall on those two. It falls on. Danny Ainge and Brad Stevens, you know, I think it falls in just the team that they built around these two. So I, th I think personally they can, I think in, I, I, they're only going to get better. You know what I mean? They're still very young in their NBA career in comparison to superstars that we're talking about right now, like LeBron, Curry, KD, all those guys are 10 years plus in the league. And we're talking about Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown who are, haven't even been in the league for like five years. So I do think 
it's it's going to take some time, but I do think Jalen and Jason can carry can and will carry this Celtics team to uh, a championship in the next five to ten years. Here, I just they're they're too good not to. Um, and I, but I think majority of that is going to fall on the um, the way Danny Ainge and Brad Stevens, you know, build this team around them. So we'll see. But I think yes, they uh, they definitely will. Uh, how do I feel about Drew Brees retiring? I think it's the right move. You know, you watched you watched that last game he played in. He just he didn't look good. You know, he didn't really look good most of this like on the second half of this past year. He just didn't really look that great. He didn't look like the Drew Brees uh, that we've known for the past what fifteen years. So I think it was time. Uh, I think time definitely caught up to him. His arm wasn't really there, you know. He was missing guys like very short. Uh, I think it was. I think it was time for Drew to just you know hang him up. Uh, what's interesting about the whole Drew Brees situation is the uh, this what happened after the fact, which I'm not going to go into great detail later on the show. So I'm going to address it now with uh, Taysom Hill's like contract situation. Uh, it was something along the lines of like. They renegotiated like pay, or, uh, Taysom Hill's deal, and they saved like six million or something like that, and they gave him like a four-year, hundred forty million dollar, uh, I don't know, upgrade to his contract. I guess I'm I'm drawing a blank on the word there, but I thought that that was very interesting, uh, and a, a kind of a, a like a out there decision because I don't think Taysom Hill is a franchise quarterback at least right now and what I've seen I don't think he is so that um it's tough I think the Saints are in a weird spot because you know like they were competitive last year but they were like I feel like they've just been like they're like the Packers you know what I mean like they're competitive every single year but they just they don't have like enough to actually get there um so where do they go from here I don't really know because it's it's tough, you know. I mean, they have a good team, but like and they have good offensive weapons, but they don't have like a good quarterback anymore. So I don't know they're, where they're gonna be um, at the end of this year. But I'm getting back to the question. That was such a just tangent I went on. Drew Brees retiring, good for him. Uh, he had a great career. Uh, clearly a Hall of Famer. He's going to Canton, not even a question. Uh, congratulations to Drew Brees on his retirement. Um, he was. Him, his entire career, uh, as much as I love Brady, and I will always pick Tom Brady over Drew Brees, he really was a great quarterback to watch. The things he could do, the, how accurate he was, how, how good of a passer he was, uh, is, is what, he's one of the best to ever play. Um, so congratulations to Drew Brees on his retirement. Moving on to the next question. I thought that this was a very uh, interesting question and a good one, and it got me thinking. Right now... Who is the most underrated Boston athlete? So, this is like a weird question because I'm 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 gonna take it like at face value of like underrated like best athlete for the team like in terms of winning, not just actual athlete. You know what I mean? Because like there's some some specimens out there uh, in the Boston sports. So I'm gonna say, but the most underrated. Yeah, see, you know, like, I I think the most underrated athlete 
on the Celtics is probably Marcus Smart. Um, and that's a that's kind of a bad answer. But I think in Boston in general, I'm going to go J.C. Jackson out of all the all the the Boston athletes. I think J.C. Jackson is probably the most underrated out of all of them. Um, nobody knew, nobody thought at all going into this past year that J.C. Jackson was going to be the player he was, and he still is not getting the recognition that he needs. Um, so I'm going to go J.C. Jackson on that one, uh, just because you know I think when you come when it comes to talking about how the Patriots or just Boston athletes in general right now he's by far he doesn't get enough uh, mentions so he's probably definitely but I'd say you know yeah I'd say he's probably the most underrated and but Marcus Smart definitely a close second uh, again I've I've grown to just really learn how much Marcus Smart like how valuable of a team member Marcus Smart is uh, to the Boston Celtics so that's why I would put him at number two because he's definitely in the I don't wouldn't even say he's in the top. No, he's probably in the top ten, but he's probably like ten when you think of Boston athletes. Nah, he's like maybe ten when you think of all the athletes in Boston right now. He might not even be like mentioned in the top ten. So, but my number one is probably gonna be uh, it's probably gonna be J.C. Jackson. He's probably the most underrated uh Boston athlete right now. Um, all right, and last question. Let's see here. Let's make it a good one. Um, all right. This is this was a good one. Um, favorite Patriots team of all time. Favorite Red Sox team of all time. Favorite Celtics team of all time. Uh, well, clearly I'm gonna go. Actually, Celtics. You know, I I knew I have the my answers written down here, but after I just said Celtics, no, I'm gonna go 2008. Uh, they're clearly my favorite team. Uh, they, cause. You got. I got to watch it live. That I mean, that's really what it is. Uh, and I and I've watched all the the prior Celtics championship teams. Literally all of them, even the Bill Russell ones. Uh, I've seen those the series. I've seen the games. I've seen them. Um, but it's just something different about watching a team live. So for me, Celtics, it's going to be the 08 team. Uh, Red Sox. <sighs> See the 2004 team. I don't, like, really remember it. I remember, like, I don't, like, really remember watching the games. You know what I mean? Same with 2007. 2018 team was just really fun to watch. They were, like, because I went to those games. Like, I actually remember those the most fresh. Um, Yeah, I'm going to go all time, though. Nah, I got to go to 2004. 2004 Red Sox teams all, all time. I mean the memories because you th- I, when I think back like the great Red Sox players like that's the team that had all of them on there. So uh maybe 2007. Nah, 2004. We're sticking with 2004. That was 2004 is the team. The, they broke the curse that year. Uh, that that 2004 Red Sox team favorite Patriots team. Now this this is interesting. Um I have to go I have to go the I I have to go that the Falcons Super Bowl. Yeah, you know I mean like that team was my favorite team. Like the, the, I I loved watching that team every single time. And what's crazy is Gronk didn't even play that year. 
know what I mean? Like, but that team, that team was just so fun to watch. Uh, they really were. That just like the memories. Like I, I remember like so many games from that year. It's probably because like that was the first year I sat down every single year and watched. Like that was the first real year of football I really started watching. Like every week, week in and week out. It's because the first year I went to Northfield, we had nothing to do on the weekends, and I was like, all right, I'm, I, I like, I, I know I like the Patriots, but like, but I was never like a huge football guy before that. Uh, I was never a huge baseball. I was like baseball. I was like really only a basketball guy and. That team, watching that team, uh, and rooting for that team was like my like my favorite team to watch. Um, I and it's a toss up between that team and the the Seattle Super Bowl team, but I think I didn't I wasn't as invested into the Patriots at that like that early on um, as I was that Falcons Super Bowl team. So I'm going with that team. The, those are my three favorite. I I don't know Bruins. I'm just gonna be honest. That was also in the question. It's just I don't know. You know, that's, I don't know. Um, like I, I don't watch enough. I haven't, I haven't had that, that Patriots moment where it's like, all right, I'm watching every game for the Bruins yet. It would, it will come at some point in my life, uh, in due time. But that's all I got for questions. I think that was four. I don't even know. We're pretty deep in here to the episode. Uh, this is by far the longest we went. Um, but guys, a ton of great questions. I really appreciate, um, the amount of questions that we got over the course of the week. I think it was close to like 60 questions. Um, so just keep asking away and I'm going to keep, uh, I'm going to keep choosing the ones I try to switch it up every single week. Um, and ask and, and get to people's questions that, you know, I don't try to repeat, ask, uh, repeat answers to questions from you guys. I try to switch it up. So keep asking your questions. Um, and, and most of the questions again are like, they're kind of like repeats, but it's good to just keep asking cause I, cause I, I'm addressing it. So I really appreciate it. Um, like I said at the start, hit me up on Instagram, hit me up on Twitter. If you know me personally, text me, whatever it is, DMs, they're always open. So just however, commenting on po- pictures, posts, if you want to ask it that way, whatever works. Um, but again, I really appreciate it. 60 plus questions this week. That's insane. I appreciate that, guys, a lot. All right, let's move on into the Patriots because what a week it was. Um. So, Sunday, we officially traded away Marcus Cannon. Uh, not surprising after what happened earlier in the week, but signing Trent Brown. Um, you you, you kind of got the sense that Marcus Cannon wasn't his days in uh, after after that signing by Trent Brown. His days in uh, New England were limited, so that's not really that surprising. Um, honestly, I was more on the line that he was going to get cut. So how Belichick was able to swing together here. Some picks in in exchange for Marcus Cannon, I thought was very impressive. Um, and then obviously we got the, we got Cam, we signed Cam, we signed Bethel, which is honestly a very, um, I don't want to say like undervalued. Talk about undervalued athletes in Boston. Bethel, one of them. Bethel has the opportunity to be the next Slater here for the next, like, eight years of his career. That's the kind of player Bethel is. Uh, and for the people that don't know, Matthew Slater is probably, as we've been told by four, four, uh, former 
NFL player and Super Bowl championship winner. Uh, Matthew Slater is probably one of the best special teams player to ever play in the game. So that's some pretty high praise uh, for Bethel in, in signing him long term. So a lot of big signings. Um, I, I had the piece coming out here uh, on the website, a blog piece coming out that discusses uh, – you know, the Patriots' next moves, and it needs to be updated now uh, because of just what happened today. But, you know, I think there's still a lot in limbo with the Patriots. Um, they still have a lot of work to do. I think what they're doing right now is just getting the groundwork set for free agency. Um, I think they're still trying to save a lot of money going into free agency. They're trying to f- still free up cap space to have, like a, like, a lot of money to go into cap space to get – good receivers to build a good offense around Cam as well as building a line because it's no guarantee that David Andrews is coming back. Joe Tooney's probably also gone. Um, not officially yet, but he, he will go in free agency. He's, he deserves the money. We know Belichick, Belichick probably won't pay that amount of money for him. So he's probably gone. Um, but you know, the, the, the Patriots season can go a few ways here. Um, and and I'm not one to just immediately count Cam out because I know before he got COVID, um, most of the Patriots fans and the Patriots and myself, everyone is feeling confident that this team had enough to at least make the playoffs um, in what was a crazy year. And then, once Cam got Corona, it kind of, like, ever since that Chiefs game, it kind of really, like, snowball effect. You know what I mean? Like, they just, it it stunk um, after that. So, now, I'm also not going to sit here and say that Cam is MVP Cam. He's not, okay? he His his arm's not that great. Uh, he, he, he just, he misses, he throws it short a lot. Uh, he throws that guy's feet a lot. Um, is that all to blame on Cam? Is it all to blame on his arm? Is it all like I don't know. I'm not. A, I'm not a quarterback coach, so I'm not even gonna go there. But what I am saying is that this off season is different than off season, and this future, this next season here is gonna be different than last season for the simple fact that the Patriots can now build a team around Cam. They now they didn't do that last year. They signed Cam like way late when no one else wanted to pick him up. Uh, Belichick did his classic wait for all the bad contracts, all the good players to go on terrible contracts, and he was going to pick up whoever was left over, the stragglers, for crappy contracts. And that's exactly what he did with Cam Newton. He signed him to like less than a million dollar deal this past year. He signed his starting quarterback to a less than a million dollar contract this year. That's so. In a season with no OTAs, no preseason, no mini camps, no nothing for Cam to really learn the hardest system that football has ever seen. So, am I giving Cam the benefit of the doubt? Yes. He he's coming into and this is in the blog post, and I said this already. So, if you guys have read this, this is going to be a repeat. But you got to think about it in this perspective. Tom Brady couldn't do anything with this the team that Cam Newton had last year. He brought him to the playoffs in. Limping. That team was limping to the playoffs with Tom Brady. They looked awful in their 
uh, their opening game, playoff game against the Titans. They looked horrendous. They couldn't move the ball. And, and clearly Brady was still good enough because the next year he won a freaking Super Bowl with the Bucks. So clearly it's not the quarterback. It's not the, the quarterback's fault. The team stunk that was built around Belichick. I mean, <laughs> built around the Patriots. And Belichick admitted that. He said this season, this team, he, he saw the writing on the wall like four or five years ago that this, this season was going to be awful because they were going to be left with horrible contracts, no wideouts. It, it's just it's, the offense would struggle, and he was right, and the offense struggled this past year. So now you're bringing Cam back in, who honestly didn't look awful before he got COVID and was never really the same after. I mean, he had some shining games every now and then, but, I mean, we all know he couldn't throw a touchdown pass. Like, he just couldn't do it. He led the NFL in rushing touchdowns, so that's a positive. But now the Patriots have money to build a team around camp. There is hope that they can salvage something here. I mean, they're going into their – they're projected to go into free agency with here, here with like fifty-five million, give or take. What happens in the next few days here? But around fifty million to spend in free agency, on a, and they don't really need to spend it on a defense. If anything, they're getting opt-outs back to fill the positions where the defense lacked. They they might lose, uh, Stephon Gilmore. That's also up in the air right now. It's looking more likely that they're going to trade Gilmore, but who knows what actually happens. Um, but looking at it right now, on Monday, the Patriots look like they have majority of their money to spend on a good offense here, to bring in pieces around Cam. So it is definitely a better or more optimistic outlook for this season right now than where we were last year. Because last year... Brady was gone. There was no quarterback. There was no wiggle room to do anything in a, in free agency. I mean, Cam's top target was Jacoby Myers. He's an undrafted wide receiver. His top target would have been Edelman, but Edelman got injured. You know, so like, as bad as Cam was, and I'm not going to sit here and say that Cam wasn't bad, but as bad as he was, um... I don't think he was awful. You know, I really don't. You know, there was obviously there's situations where he looked awful and this these stats come out that the, the separation on um the the wide receivers that Cam had, the separations was like they gained or they had every possession was like third in the league. Um that's hopeful, I guess. Um now Cam has a whole year to work with these wide receivers. You know, it's it I just I don't think that there's any possible way this this Patriots team is worse than they were last year. They can only get better with Cam. They can finally build an offense around Cam, have a whole year to do it, have whole have all the OTAs, have all the mini camps, have all the preseason for Cam to finally truly learn the the system. You know what I mean? He went an entire year and barely and didn't even really fully grasp it yet. Um I just think I think Patriots fans ask were asking so like Tom Brady 
I wanted to put this in the blog too. This this statement, the it it reminds me of the Rick Pitino statement with the when he was with the Boston Celtics, where he said, "Larry Bird's not walking through that door. Kevin McHale, Robert Parrish are not walking through that door. Tom Brady's not walk. The greatest quarterback to ever play is not walking through that door for the Patriots. That's not how sports work. It's just not how it works. the The Patriots aren't going to get the next greatest quarterback to ever play to replace Tom Brady." A year after Tom Brady leaves. That's just not how this game works. So. I'm giving Cam Newton the benefit of the doubt. Cam Newton is. Will probably never live up to the hype that Tom Brady did. He won't ever be able to do the things that Tom Brady did. But Bill Belichick. Is the best coach to ever coach in the NFL. And I believe that Bill Belichick will be able to build an offense around Cam Newton. I think that this offseason is shaping up to be an offseason that we haven't seen Bill Belichick do in a very long time. I think Bill Belichick is going to be very aggressive in this offseason. I think he's going to be very aggressive in throwing out crazy, no, I take that back, not crazy contracts, but contracts that are for better players. Like We're not going to see him waiting out till the end of free agency here to make moves on guys. I think he's going to go out there and he's going to get middle to high class receivers in a good tight end. I think that 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 offense is the type of offense that suits Cam. Getting him the offense that he had when he was in Carolina with a good running back, a good receiving back in the tight end that is competent in some in some decent receivers. And that, that's no knock on Jacoby Myers. But let's be honest, there's better receivers in the league. And there's there are some available this uh offseason. So I really do think that the Patriots will be very aggressive um this offseason and in free agency and you're gonna see some moves made here. There are have already been moves made to build the team in a good a good offense where Cam can thrive in this this year. Um and I think that the Bill Belichick's defenses always take care of themselves. Um you know, uh am I a fan of getting rid of uh Stefan Gilmore? No. But sometimes things moves like that need to be made. Um I this past week, because I tried to fish up that with the Patriots signed uh, Trent Bryan, I tried to fish up that uh, that snippet of when Coach Skarnacki was talking about the offensive line. And um, in that interview, he said the best thing that the Patriots have been able to do over these past twenty years has been able be is being able to let people go before or when. They're not ready to go. Meaning, Stefan Gilmore probably shouldn't go. But because Bill Belichick knows where Stefan Gilmore will be in three years, four years from now, he's willing to let him go. He's willing. And those are the type of things that people need to remember. And those are the type of things that have made the Patriots great over these past 20 years. And the fact that Tom Brady, again, just did what he, he has always done in his entire career, take pay cuts. And to be honest, 
There is no starting quarterback in the NFL getting paid $6 million. Yes, that is Cam Newton's contract, $6 million. Everything else is a bon- is incentives and bonuses. But $6 million is what Cam Newton is willing to take for this. And I think it's those type of moves. You know what I mean? Like there's just there's so many things adding up here for the Patriots to be good over the course of this offseason and to really build a good team that can win, you know? I and we'll see. You know, the and not to mention the Patriots are getting back eight players that opted out last year. Or or seven now, because Marcus Cannon's gone. But there's people coming back. There's there's people and players coming back. It's it's just it's shaping up to for the Patriots to have a good off season and to translate with it with a productive off season for them to be good next year. I'm, now I'm not saying that they're going to win a Super Bowl. I'm not guaranteeing that. Um, but I think with where they're at right now, and if they do what I think they're going to do. Um, I think that they could be good next. They can be a playoff team easily next year. Uh, but I do want to get into the topic of what will happen when or if the Patriots trade up in the draft and get a quarterback with the skill set of Cam Newton, because. One thing we have to remember here is that this deal that Cam Newton's on is a one-year deal. So there have been reports and rumors that the Patriots will trade up for, uh, I don't know, what specific, but they're going to trade up and try and get a quarterback that resembles Cam Newton's game and have that young quarterback learn under Cam for a year. I don't know. Seems a little out there. Um, like I said, I don't like to really like speculate on what's going to happen. Rather, I like to discuss what's happening right now. So from what I can say right now, um, does that is that a, like a viable option for the Patriots? Yes. Is it something that I expect them to do? No. Um, I, I, don't ex- I think Bill Belichick knows who he wants to take at 15 right now. I think he has four guys that he thinks he can get at 15, that he will take before he does something like that. Um, and I don't think any of, I don't think any of those guys he's are willing to trade up for in the draft. I mean, that's just not usually how Belichick does it. So, um, maybe he has a guy at 15 that he thinks he can take. He, he will drop that low. I don't know, um, but. I don't think the trade him getting. I don't think he's gonna trade up in the draft. I don't think that's that's something that he's gonna do. Um, and if a quarterback, if a quarterback like Cam Newton or someone of that skill set falls to him, I think he'll take him. But I don't think him trading up is. It's just not something I see him doing. I and obviously I could be wrong. Um, like I just said, this is gonna be. I think this is gonna be a crazy offseason for the Patriots, and I that includes the draft. So. We'll see, um, but right now, looking at this Patriots team, knowing Bill Belichick, I have I have a very strong feeling that he's going to be able to put together um, a very good team over the, the course of this offseason, and regardless of the draft, uh, he's, he's going to be able to get good players, good key players 
at at positions that he hasn't been able to do in the past f- three four years because of the amount of cap space he has available. On top of him are already having good players under contract for at least another year. Um, you know, I th- I th- I'm very optimistic at where the Patriots are right now. Um, now I'm not guaranteeing Super Bowls. I'm not saying that. Because I think that most of the Patriots nation, that's that's all we're accustomed to. Um, but I think when you step back from that and you look at it, this this is where the Patriots are. We're not we're not we can't go into every off season, every season anymore and, and expect a Super Bowl because we're just not there anymore. Uh, that those days are gone, and we. That's I don't know. That's just where we're at. So. That's all I got in the Patriots right now. Um, obviously, there's going to be more in the coming weeks, in the coming months. Uh, we're not done talking about the Patriots. Um, I expect some more moves actually to be done before free agency actually officially starts. And that starts by on the 18th. So we'll see what officially happens. Um, but I expect some more moves to be made by Bill Belichick. Um, don't be surprised if you see Stefan Gilmore gone in the next, like, three days here that would not shock me at all so we'll see but um switching topics here I want to talk about the Celtics just really quickly because they they absolutely whomped on the Rockets last night um it was not even a close game all the starters stopped playing with like nine minutes left in the fourth which is something I don't ever recommend the Celtics do because they are notorious for blowing 20 plus point leads but they looked great. Um, Marcus Mark came back. He looked very good um, coming off the bench. He, he's clearly, Brad Stevens is doing the, okay, Marcus Smart is coming back slow. He's not going to play every single minute. Uh, he's not going to be restored exactly to the amount of minutes he was given before. He's doing the classic Kemba Walker where he's going to, game by game, increase his minutes, increase his usage rate, which I'm fine with. Um, <clears throat> I think... When you look at the Celtics' schedule here for the next the second half of the year, they have the easiest or the second easiest second half schedule in the league. So they're gonna make the playoffs. You know, what I mean, they're gonna have a good seed. Um, I think the second half of the season is more about one making a move. If they don't make a move, um. There, there is no chance they win. Um, but I think, and as the weeks go on here, it becomes a little bit more, more clear. Um, I don't think that the Danny Ainge is, is honestly going to make a move. I think he's going to save the TPE money until, um, the off season. I really think, like, I really think that that's what he's going to do because it just makes the most sense. You know, um, do I agree with it? No, but I mean, if you if you step back and look at it, it definitely does make the most sense. Would you, you know, like, why would you go spend money, or yeah, spend that money on a trade where it's like, ah, uh, we're doing this because we're trying to win this year. When this year is looking more and more unlikely that you're actually going to win it. Um, now clearly, uh, no one can predict the future. Um, who knows? The Celtics could go on a crazy playoff run, make it to the finals, and lose Game Seven, and should have made it the trade before the deadline that would have helped that situation. I don't know. Anything can happen, but it from a GM's perspective, 
it is probably smarter to wait and use that money in the offseason to try and get a player there where you don't have to give up crazy amount of assets for that player. That is the that is the safer and smarter move to do. I also think that you know there's Blake Griffin's going to the Nets. Who know, like so? Who's really out there to trade for? You know, like who who are we really trying to get? Because I think again we've talked about this for weeks and weeks now. There's a lot of issues with the Celtics team, and I don't think one trade is really going to solve every issue that they have. So, I. I think it's probably the safer move for Danny Ainge to just wait until the offseason. And I am ex- expecting him to do that more and more. Um, it just makes the most sense. So, that's my prediction. I bet you Danny Ainge doesn't actually make a move. If he makes moves, um, I don't think it's going to be for anything crazy. I don't think it's going to be for a team-changing... Like, we're not trading for a star. I really, I, As much as I want the Vucevic thing to happen... I don't think it's going to happen. So, it stinks, but, it, you know, it, it makes the most sense from a, a GM's perspective. That's really all I got on the Celtics. Uh, I mean, they've only been, what are they, <clears throat> two games back since the All-Star break. Um, you know, they got a few games this week. Uh, we'll see how it goes. They look good against the Rockets, so that's, I can say that, but. You know, that's really all I got. So we will move on here because I want to talk about the NCAA tournament bracket. It came out yesterday. Uh, there's a lot to dive into here. And I'm going to be, I'm going to come out and just, I'm going to be fully honest. going to come out and say it. I have not watched any, and I mean any, college basketball this past year. Um, so to all my boys out there that listened um, and I played with, you are guys are literally the only people I kept uh, I kept tabs on like your teams like I'm talking I'm talking to you Thomas I'm talking to you Playtech I'm talking to you Kellen I'm talking to you Seachin I'm talking to you Zach Light I'm talking to you Nate Luzdowski all those guys you are actually the only teams I kept tabs on so and I didn't even do a good job of keeping tabs on you this past week because I don't even know if your team made it. Um, I've just been so wrapped up in everything we got. I've been doing this past week that I haven't even given time. So this is my first time looking at the uh, the breakdown here of the bracket, and I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a quick quick here, and I'm just going right off the top of my head. Again, I have no idea. Uh, I have not watched any of these teams, and I'm gonna stick to this bracket. And no, Hunter, this is not my submission to the uh, the invite you sent me yesterday to join the bracket thing for money. This ain't, this ain't it. I'm doing research for that one. But this is for the podcast. Uh, I'll stick to this bracket going forward here. <clears throat> so Gonzaga's winning that one. Uh, I'm starting the west. I'm going to go down west, then east, uh, and then I'll go back up south and midwest. So... Before I even do this, get your brackets out, um, fill them out. I'll give you pause the podcast right now. Go print out a bracket or pull it up in your phone or whatever. Um, I'm gonna run through all these real quick. So here we go. <clears throat> uh, just pick Gonzaga, Oklahoma, Missouri. Uh, Oklahoma, gonna go Oklahoma. 
Creighton. I actually did watch Creighton play. Uh, I know that kid Marcus. Or I don't know, but I played against that kid Marcus Zagoruski or whatever his last name. I could never pronounce it. Uh, played at Tillman, so I'll go with him just because I know him. Uh, Ohio, Virginia. I mean, you gotta go Virginia defense. Come on. USC or Wichita slash Drake. So. Uh, no upsets there. Kansas or Washington. I know Kansas has struggled this year, uh, but I'm not going to call that upset. Um, ooh, Iowa number two, my sleeper. They might, I might pick them to win the whole thing. I don't know. Um, I'll go Oregon, Peyton Pritchard. Come on. <clears throat> All right, moving on to the East. Got to go Michigan. Shout out Spikey. Uh, LSU, St. Bonaventure. Uh, See Bonnie's come on. Colorado, Georgetown. Colorado's five. God, I pl- we played Colorado when I played at Quinnipiac. We played them and we I guess it was like four years ago now. Uh I go Georgetown, Patrick Ewing. Come on, it's my upset. Twelve Georgetown over five Colorado. Uh Florida State over UNC Greensboro, Florida State. BYU over Ellis. Or MSU slash UCLA. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I kind of like that. That upset, but I'll go BYU. I'll, I'll, I'll play it safe. Texas, clearly. UConn. God, come on. UConn's making a run. Alabama, Iona. Iona. They were in, the, they were in Quinnipiac's conference. Hate them. Going, going Alabama. Screw you, Iona. Um, Baylor clearly over Hartford and Hartford's like the fake Connecticut team. Like, come on, you kind of die if you're from Connecticut. Uh, North Carolina, Playtech, come on, over Wisconsin, Villanova, yeah, I'll go Villy. Uh, Purdue, no kid on Purdue. Go you, Texas Tech over Utah. Uh, Patrick Mahomes go to Texas Tech. We'll go Patty Mahomes. Uh, that's the only time I'll ever support him. Uh, Colgate, Zach Light, come on over Arkansas. Light, come on. You're winning the whole thing. Florida over Virginia Tech. Uh, yeah, actually. What's his name playing Virginia Tech? Still. Let's see. This, this will sway my opinion. Uh. Alright, uh, I know this is, yeah, he does, alright, screw it, we're going Virginia Tech, Beatty, my guy, we'll be some Beatty, we're going Virginia Tech, uh, over Florida, sorry, Eric and Alex, uh, Ohio State, yeah, God, I didn't realize how long of a segment this is going to be here, alright, we're in the Midwest here, Illinois over Drexel, uh, yeah, clearly, uh, Drexel stunk, Quinnipiac molly whopped them four years ago. Uh, Loyola, Chicago over Georgia Tech. Hmm. Yeah, we'll go Loyola. And now we're going Georgia Tech. Tennessee over Oregon State. Um, I'm already looking at the next month. I'm going Oklahoma State over Liberty, clearly. Uh, yeah, I'll go Tennessee. Uh, West Virginia, San Diego State. Ooh. 
Threes, get them up. I'm going threes over Syracuse. Syracuse. Houston over Cleveland. Yeah, I guess. Uh, Rutgers over Clemson. Uh, I guess we're on Clemson. I actually clicked it. <clears throat> All right, back up to the West. Gonzaga over Oklahoma. I've heard Gonzaga is like the favorite to win the whole thing, so they're probably going. They're probably coming out of the West for me. Uh, Creighton over Virginia. Got to go defense. I watched Creighton play uh, the other day. They actually didn't look like that great, so I'm going to go Virginia. Uh, USC over Kansas, going USC. Oregon over Iowa, no chance going Iowa. <clears throat> uh, Michigan over St. Bonaventure, come on, Fab Five. Uh, Georgetown over Florida State, yeah, Georgetown, Patrick Ewing. Uh, he's just, you know, he was never like a real winner, so let's. Uh, I guess he was at Georgetown, though, so. BYU over Texas, no, I'll go with Texas. UConn over Alabama, sorry, come on, UConn. You know how they are in the tourney. Uh, South, we're in the South region now. Hartford over, oh, wait, what? Baylor, what am I saying? Baylor over North Carolina. Yeah, Baylor's nasty. That's all I know. Baylor's actually nasty. Sorry, Playtech. Uh, Baylor's nasty. You still owe me five bucks, too, Playtech, for that shot. Uh, I don't think I ever, ever forgot about that. Um, and I will continue to tell that story or on this podcast until you pay me the $5 because you never did and you were cheap for that. Um, story was that I bet Playtech an open run one time in Northfield that I would hit a shot in his face in the corner, kind of called it out like Larry Bird, and he said, I bet you $5, and I was like, fine. Got the ball, hit the shot in his face. He never paid me $5. Five bucks. Not trying to toot my own horn or anything, but play take you on me five bucks. Villanova over Purdue. I'm going to go Purdue. Uh, actually, no, Coleswider. Shout out Coleswider. I'm going to go Villanova. Uh, Texas Tech over Colgate. Come on. Yeah, I'm going to go Texas Tech. Sorry, it's late. Uh, Virginia Tech over Ohio State. Yeah, I'll go Ohio State. Um, Illinois over Georgia Tech. Again, like, I just, I haven't watched any of these teams play, so I have no idea. I'm going to go Illinois. Uh, Tennessee over Oklahoma State. Maybe I should bet on these games. Be crazy. Yeah, that'd be fun. Uh, no, I'd drive myself insane. Tennessee over Oklahoma State. Um, yeah, if I go over Tennessee. Uh, San Diego State over West Virginia. Sorry, that's not happening. Um, we're going West Virginia. Clemson over Houston. Yeah, I'm going to go Houston. All right, where are we at right now? Elite Eight. West Virginia. Gonzaga over Virginia. Yeah, got to go Gonzaga. USC over Iowa. Got to go Iowa. Um, Michigan over Florida State. Yeah, five five. Gotta go Michigan. Uh UConn, dude. I got UConn going to final four. I believe. Call me crazy, but I believe. Uh we're going back up. Oh no wait. Yeah, wait. I'm confused right now. Are we at the final four? Are we at oh no, we're at the sweet sixteen. So wait. Yeah, yeah. Alright. I got UConn going to the sweet sixteen so far. Uh, Baylor over Villanova. No, gonna go. All right, yeah, we're gonna go Baylor. Uh, Texas Tech over Ohio State. Um, again, no idea, but I'm gonna go Ohio State because I know. Uh, I think I, I think I still know a kid that like, works there. Uh, Illinois over Tennessee. No, we're gonna go Illinois. Uh, West Virginia over Houston. I'm gonna go West Virginia. A little upset there. One v three in the Elite Eight. All right. Um. 
We're going to start up top at the Elite Eight. I got Gonzaga or Iowa. Luca, what's his name? Garza, that's his last name. He's nasty. Um, I'm going to go Iowa. Right, Gonzaga, I'm going to call that upset. You know, Gonzaga just plays in a weak conference. So they always have, and their record's always a little iffy. Uh, Baylor over Ohio State. Baylor's nasty. Um, West Virginia over Illinois. West Virginia, come on. UConn over Michigan. Ah, all right, fuck it. For the show, for the podcast, we'll do UConn. Seven. Oh man, this is a rough Final Four here. Iowa versus UConn. Call me a homer. And uh, Baylor versus West Virginia. I can't. I watched UConn play like two days ago at the bar. I can't. I can't go. I'm going to Iowa. Uh, and then Baylor, West Virginia. You got to go Baylor. Um, Iowa over Baylor in the final. Iowa over Baylor. Yeah, I'm going to go Iowa. Luca Garza, uh, player of the year. Let's do it. I, I don't feel confident in this at all. Tiebreaker, what's my score? Um... Uh, <laughs> 70, 85, 73. Yeah, I like that. Enter, enter. Submit picks. Log in. We're submitting it. All right, well, we'll do that later. Um, that was my picks, though. I got... I got Iowa winning it all, 85 over 73 over Baylor. This bracket 100% right. You heard it here. 63 picks we just made. Um, make your picks. Send me pictures of your gra- or your brackets I want to see. Uh, I'll enter them into a giant. Yeah, I just thought of this. We can do that for the the the, bra- the, uh, the tournament here. You guys send me pictures of your brackets, and I'll, I'll enter them all in. Or if you send me pictures, actually, of your brackets, I'll just... Send you a link because I'm not entering everyone's picks in. That's fucking madness. Um, but I'll create like a, a a bracket here that we can all uh, that everyone wants to. I'll do it for the TNT podcast. We'll do it for Grapevine. Maybe that's what we'll do for Grapevine next. Uh, haven't really decided. That's another thing too. Um, here because we're wrapping up the show. This is obviously the last segment I want to talk about was uh, the NCAA tournament here. But last segment. Um, so final thoughts for the show. First of all, thank you to everyone that participated in the Grapevine Media Tournament. Uh, Happy Gilmore was the favorite in the celebrity. No, it was the fictional athlete uh, tournament. Happy Gilmore won it uh, with like a 57-43 to 43 victory, percentage victory over, uh, what's his name? Rocky. So, yeah, thank you to everyone that participated in that. Um Great show. We talked about a lot. Um, I'm going to... I will put an episode out for Friday. That is happening. Uh, I promise you. I missed you last week. We had a ton going on. Uh, I just couldn't do it. This, it's coming Monday, Friday, from here on out for the rest of the time. TNT Podcast every Monday, every Friday. Right in the morning, it'll be there. Uh, so, yeah. With that being said, I promise you guys, I will see you guys on Friday. Later.